0: All right, so here's where we've been in Genesis thus far. The first two chapters, again, we were introduced to the God of creation, that he is and he is glorious. But then chapter 3 through 11, we looked at the problem of evil, that God in, in all his glory has an opposer, an adversary, the devil, Satan, who is a liar and deceives and Adam and Eve believed his lie, and they went from in relationship to God to separated from God because of their sin. And all humanity, including you and I, born, separated from God because of the decision of Adam and Eve to believe the liar. And we see all of creation and all of humanity dealing with the consequences of the problem of evil. In chapter 11 last week, if you missed it, it was simply a a summary, a reminder that in my heart and in your heart separated from God is a desire to say, I don't want to be under God. I want to be independent of God. I don't want to be dependent upon God. I want to be independent of him and I don't want to make his name great. I want to make my name great. That is, in a nutshell, the problem of evil. Now we're going to turn in Genesis 12 to a new section, chapter 12 through 25, on friendship with God. Because chapter 11 deals with the nature of humanity and chapter 12 now begins with a man. And we're calling this section Friendship with God because the man we're introduced to in chapter 12 is Abram, later called Abraham. And here's what the scripture says about Abraham. Did you not, owe oh, our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people, Israel, and give it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? That's quite the uh, label that Abraham gets. God, your friend forever. Isaiah 41 But you, O oh, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, descendant of Abraham, my friend. And in James 2, and the scriptures are fulfilled, which says, and Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. So chapters 12 through 25 deal with Abraham, God's friend. And from his life, we will keep coming back to this issue of friendship with God. So let me just start by asking you to think about not Abraham and not the person in front of you, beside you, behind you, but you, do you have friendship with God? You as friend? Is he your friend? And how's the friendship? Close, sweet, distant? Uh, A little rocky right now? It's an interesting question. Driving in this morning, talking to the Lord as I drove. How's my friendship with God? Because you have friends, like human friends, and sometimes it's like super sweet and then something happens and it feels a little broken and then it's like, uh, we kind of warm it up. Is it cooling down? Those are all Parallels to exactly how it could be in your friendship with God. So, through this whole summer 2020, I want you to, to either come in here or turn it on a live stream and always come back to this question How's my friendship with God? Because Abraham is God's friend, and we're going to see the good, the bad, and the ugly with friendship with God. So, here's the introduction, chapter 12, first three verses of Abraham, God's friend. Now, at the beginning, he's called Abram. So, let me just acknowledge that sometimes, though, when he's still called Abram, I might call him Abraham. So, you don't need to text me and tell me he's still Abram. I know that, but sometimes you just get used to calling him Abraham. And so, if I make a mistake, if that helps, if you want to keep track and then email Matt how many mistakes I made, that's fine. But... So the Lord said to Abram, go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you and I will, Uh, first verse was what Abram was to do, now second and third verse what God is going to do. And I'll make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great and so you shall be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you and the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Now, before I speak specifically about Abram's friendship with God, Understand that when he, God, declares to Abram, in you all the families of the earth will be blessed, that he is giving us an understanding of how redemption is going to unfold. That how man who had been created by God and for God, under God to be one with him, had been separated because of the problem of evil, that he is indicating, though Abram probably didn't fully get it, that he was going to, through Abram, He was going to address the problem of evil. This is why Abram, later Abraham, is so crucial to our understanding of what God is doing in the scripture. Because there is this human-wide problem of evil. And he is choosing a man. He says, through you, I'm going to deal with this. Through you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So uh, understand that big picture. Now, let's think specifically about friendship with God as it relates to Abram. First, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but God chooses his friend. Abram didn't choose God. Hey, God, I'll go with you. I'll go wherever you want me. God said, here's what I want you to do. I am choosing you. And it's, we don't get any sense that it's because he is so righteous and so good and such an awesome guy. You got that from Noah. Noah, whole earth is corrupt, filled with violence. You're blameless and righteous. I'm gonna use you. In Abram, you get no sense that he is worthy of his selection, just that God says, I choose you. He chooses his friends it's 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 almost exactly what Jesus said to the 12 you didn't choose me but i chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain it's what paul wrote to the believers in ephesus he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we would be holy and blameless before him. Why did he choose us? Because we were smarter, because we were more holy, because we were more choosable. Actually, the only we hint we get about how God chooses is from First Corinthians. For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble. But God has, say it, God has chosen whom? The foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. And the base things of the world and the despised, God has chosen The things that are not so that he may nullify the things that are so that no man may boast before God. See, that's a really important passage that I understand. When God chooses me, it's like, (laughs) yep, I knew I was good stock. No, he actually says, I chose you because of what you're not. Not because of what you are. In fact, Paul says, but by his doing, not mine, but by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. It's his work, his choosing. So just think with me. If God chose us, not because we were smart, strong, but we were foolish and weak and despised that he chose us. What what should that bring forth from us? You're you're allowed to say it out loud. Thankfulness, what what did you mouth to me? There you go, I could read your lips. Gratitude. thankfulness, what else? What's that? Yeah, encouragement. What did I hear back there? Humility. Yeah, humility. God's choosing. See, sometimes I want to remind myself, Doug, where's the praise? Where's the joy? Where's the gratitude? Where's the humility? This is 100% who's doing? His doing. Abram's wife, Sarah. He chose you? I don't know if she said that, but really? He chose you? Does he even know you? Does he know you? Yeah, he knows you and he's still. Does that, is your heart a little more grateful maybe? A little more thankful? A little more humble? Here, here's the crazy part. Because some of you may already be Texting. He chose me. I chose him. I I thought I had free will. The whole choosing of God ought to create humility and gratitude and thankfulness. But you know what it does instead? I'm confused and now I'm upset and I want to debate. It's the weirdest thing. That the very thing that ought to create us gratitude and humility has become confusion and argument. So don't be confused. Who chose? God chose you. But what about my free will? Got to hang for the Q&A. Because trust me, the first 14 ones are going to be, but what is this? And even though it's been debated for like hundreds of years, in like three minutes, I'll solve it. No, I won't. I I won't. That's, that's, That's a joke. Uh, In fact, if you're staying because I'm going to solve it, you can go ahead and go home and get yourself a subway or something like that. Because I I will not unravel in three minutes what people have argued about for a hundred. Uh, A few perspectives that help me, but they may not help you. In fact, when I shared them with my son, he was like, yeah, that doesn't help me. So let's just, (laughs) let's just to keep it real. (laughs) But did God choose us? Uh, See, I I will never, never, ever argue that the scripture says as clear as day. He chose you. It's by his doing. Gratitude. We would, we would do well wherever we are next week when it's time to worship. To, to Before we started going, he chose me. It's by his doing. I was foolish. I'm weak. Not worthy. But he chose me. It's just so different, right? Because probably most of you grew up with... Uh, You know, on the playground at recess. It's time for kickball or whatever and it's pick teams. And some people are like, yeah, let's pick teams because, you know, we're always in the top three. And then there's others that are like, seriously, we got to do this again? So at, at the end, nobody chooses me. I get stuck with the last team. See, it's choosing by God, undeserving, produce what when we see it? Gratitude, humility, thankfulness. Let's praise God more fully, more honestly when we recognize who we are and we got chosen. So God chooses his friends. And here's what else we see in Abram, that his choosing brings. This is why the gratitude ought to be so rich and so high and so much, because God's choosing brings unparalleled blessing to his friends. When God chooses me, whoo! Wow, am I blessed because of that? How was Abraham blessed because God chose him? I will make you a great nation. And I'm gonna bless you and make your name great and so that you shall be a blessing and I'm gonna bless those who bless you and the one who curses you I'll curse and in in you all the families of the earth are gonna be blessed. I'm gonna be for the people who are for you and I'm gonna be against the people who are against you. I will bless you. Did he deserve it? No. No. Why, why did he get blessed? Because God chose him. We read Ephesians 1, verse 4. He chose us in him. You know what it says right before that, verse 3? Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And what did it say next? (laughs) And he chose us. So uh, Abraham got super blessed because God chose him. And every person in here who's been chosen of God, you are blessed beyond measure. Uh, I can't give you everyone. <laughs> we don't have enough time for that. But can I give you some quick ones? Just as a refresher, a reminder. When, when you were chosen by God to be his friend, you know what you got blessed with? Uh, forgiveness. Is that a blessing? <sighs> See, if, all we have to do to remember is how, how ugly guilt feels and is. how just robs everything out of life. You know the psalmist described it? It was like, drained the life out of my bones. That's guilt. And what are we blessed with? Because God chose us? Forgiveness. All that guilt taken out of the way, nailed to the cross. It's it's such a blessing. Sometimes we're just not prepared to live in it. We're like, ah, I should at least beat myself up a little bit. No, the blessing of being in Christ is every iota of guilt because of my sin has been nailed to the cross and taken out of the way. I am forgiven. That is a tremendous gift. And again, if you've forgotten, just remember the weight of guilt and then that freedom that forgiveness brings. And not just forgiveness of sin, but freedom from slavery to sin. And I'm free from now being ruled by the desires of my flesh, which always bring harm to me and hurt to others. I'm free from that. It's not that I won't choose to live in that anymore. It's that I don't have to. I am no longer a slave to sin because of the indwelling Holy Spirit that Christ by his death has not only paid the penalty for my sin, but that as he was raised from the dead, so you and I who are raised with him might walk in newness of life. Because the spirit of God dwells within us. That is the the riches of the blessing of being in Christ. And that I now can come boldly before the throne of grace to receive grace and mercy to help in time of need. That I have been given access to the Father through the work of Jesus. And that he says, if you need wisdom, just ask of me. And those who ask for wisdom, get wisdom. Direction. You don't need to lean on your own understanding. Trust in me and I will direct your paths. You see, who is he? He is a wise counselor. He is a good shepherd. What do counselors and shepherds do? They direct. And one of the blessings, just one of the blessings that you and I have because we've been chosen in Christ, is to be able to go, Lord, I, I am not left to my own ideas. I'm not left to my own, what do I think is best? I can pray, I can seek your will, your spirit dwells within me, you will guide me, you'll give me direction and peace. See, if there's, if there's anything that should have made Philippians 2 talks about as believers we had to shine like the stars in a crooked and perverse world if there's anything that should have made us shine like the stars in the last three months it's that we have peace in Christ regardless of our circumstances everyone else apart from Christ apart from being chosen by God to be his friend my peace is completely dependent upon my circumstances Who? I'm healthy and nobody else is healthy and everybody I know is healthy. I'm at peace. Oh, no. Somebody was at just my house and they got tested positive. Ah! Or could you go, oh, regardless of my circumstances, regardless of what the prognosis the doctor says to me, regardless of what happens to my job, regardless of what happens in my family, there is a confident assurance that God sees, God knows, God loves me, I'm his child, he's chosen me to be his friend. There is a peace which passes all understanding. Do you know how much you are blessed? I hope so. And hope... God is working all things together for good. See, some of you are waiting on the Lord right now. As you wait, remember your blessings. And that the blessings will extend forever and ever and ever and ever. Abraham, what did it say in Chronicles his friend forever. Did you catch that? His friend forever. You know, we write silly stuff like that when we're kids, BFF. Best friends forever. And then you're like, uh, who was that person? I can't really remember who my BFF was anymore. Not true when, it, when you're God's friend. It, it is genuinely and not sappy or cheesy in any way friends forever, And friends forever who have hope and who have peace and who have direction and who have wisdom and who have given access through prayer, who have the God himself dwelling within them, free from slavery to sin and forgiven for everything past, present, and future. Who was more blessed, you or Abraham? <laughs> Man, we are blessed. And watch, watch. We are blessed in order to be a blessing. See, this is, this is why I, I want us to be reminded and our hearts lifted up and our minds filled with how we have been blessed because the very blessing is intended to be a blessing. God didn't just say, hey, Abraham, I'm gonna bless you. He said, Abram, I'm gonna bless you and make your name great, and so you shall be a blessing. Blessed in order to bless. He says uh, in Colossians, watch this now. So, as those who have been what? Chosen. Chosen of God, holy and beloved, that's part of who you are in your blessing, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, what, of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, beyond all those put on love. Why? Because it's the perfect bond of unity. Now why did I read that? Because how did it start? As those who have been Chosen of God, holy and beloved. What's true of us? (laughs) We've been blessed. We've been forgiven. We've been set free. The spirit of God in us, prayer, wisdom, direction, peace, hope, eternal life. In order that we might bless with compassion and kindness and gentleness And bless others with humility and bless others. Do you bless somebody with patience? Oh, friends. All you have to do is realize how you run over people in your impatience. And you go, I haven't run over you yet. That's a blessing. (laughs) Seriously. Think about how impatient just harms and hurts. And you go... I got a long fuse. It's a blessing. Forbearance and forgiveness. (laughs) If guilt is that which drains, saps the life out of my bones. And then there's this brokenness between you and I. And I remember... I am blessed. First and foremost, Jesus said, I am blessed with forgiveness. How is it that having been forgiven that I wouldn't forgive? See, I don't know if you've ever connected this before, but these, watch what happens. I don't know if I can do this or not. Sometimes if I can stand here, we give, I need to do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And we go, it's not working. I, I just can't. I know I should. I just can't. I know I should be more compassionate. I know I should be gentle. We feel like we can't do this. What do we need? We need something new? No, what do we need? We need to remember how much we've been blessed. Because when I remember how God has blessed me and how God has acted on my behalf in choosing me and how he has been compassionate and kind and gentle and how he humbled himself and how he was patient and forbearing and forgiving. And when I recognize that all of that has been the way I've been blessed, then it will overflow. Did you hear that? I want you to hear that very quickly, see that in your head. Sometimes we get overwhelmed by what's supposed to be flowing out and we've lost sight of the inflow. And the overflow is to be from the inflow. And the inflow is never lacking. So I've asked myself, Even since teaching this Thursday night, I've asked myself again, why is it with all of this, is this still so much lacking in my life at times? It's not because God has not given me the resources and blessed me to be a blessing. Why is it? So I didn't talk about this Thursday night, but here's an ugly part of my own heart. I don't recognize that this is all 100% by God's grace. I didn't earn this. So You understand what I mean by God's grace? In other words, he, he blessed me when I was undeserving. He blessed me even though I was despised. That if in any way, I feel like I've earned it. You know what happens? Two things. I don't want to give it away. And you should earn it too. That's, that's new meditation in my own heart in the past couple days. That, that there's a lack. There's a lack of understanding Um, uh, I know it here, but a a real humility that is 100% what? Grace. And when it's 100% grace, if I didn't earn it, then I will be much more free to give it away. I've told you the story in the past where I won't give you all the details. Somebody on a vacation, literally, uh, because of meeting my wife and hanging out with her at the end of the vacation, they said, hey, we've enjoyed, it. we have like, and it was like seven, $800 left over from our vacation. And we just want to give it to you. To give it to your church. Sorry, I got it in my head right now as I was leaning down this week. Last Sunday, when I went home, Jackie said, don't lean down like that. So I was just really, I'm not supposed to lean down like that. (laughs) The stuff that goes on up here. (laughs) Aren't you glad it doesn't all come out? (laughs) So we sat, we, we didn't have the arrangement like this or these chairs, but we were sitting right over here. I remember we came back the next Sunday after and we had this big wad of 20s that they had given to us. And you know what? It was just like pure joy throwing that in the plate. Because we hadn't done anything to deserve it. It was just pure joy giving away. But then when you take your, what you make on your job and your salary, it's like, eh, I kind of earned this. And so... See how it works. When I understand, maybe as you meditate on this, the Lord will connect different dots for you. But when I see this as one hundred percent grace, this is not. uh, This is no longer duty. This is overflow from unmerited inflow, and this is great joy because this was great joy. I'm not stingy with it because I didn't earn it and I don't think you should earn it because I got it without earning it. That is, and I, you know, I know this, but Lord, continue to grow me in this. It's, it's 100% the power of grace in our lives. And so, Lord, grow my heart in grace because when I get grace, I will be gracious. And grace blesses in very specific, very tangible, very rich in real ways. Just think, for, for every single one of you in here north watching every single one, just think if this was how people experienced you each and every day would you be a blessing in their life (laughs) big time and this is all overflow from inflow now I've camped there a long time because I don't want you to walk out and say I need to be more I want you to walk out and go, thank you, God, for choosing me. Thank you, God, for blessing me. Thank you, God, for the privilege of it flowing through me, your grace flowing through my life to bless others. Then we see in Abram, that God chooses unique gifts and roles for each of his friends. He he chooses them, and because he chooses them, he blesses them in unparalleled ways. And what's unique is each of his friends are uniquely gifted and given unique roles in what God is doing. Just consider again, Abram. And I will make you a great nation. Do you do you get to be that? No, no. Your nation's like right there, right there in the row. <laughs> you got a, you got a little tribe. God's blessed with a little tribe. May He bless it to become a little village. But Abram got a great nation blessing. It's. That was unique to him. You see what I'm saying? And I'll make your name great. Most of us like, Doug, Doug who? But Abraham, oh, Abraham, friend forever of God. So you should be a blessing. In you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. That's pretty unique. I get to bless a few families in Jacksonville. A few families that log in, I get to be a blessing there. But do I get to be a, a blessing to every family on the planet? Oh, that was unique. But you understand what I'm saying? Listen, God has blessed you and gifted you with a unique role. And oftentimes in order to play it, we have to first get past the Hey, I want their role. Why can't I get their gifting? It's truly a a pivotal moment in my own life. A weird place in the restroom here, when I was co-pastor here with a, a guy named Tim Loss. Lots of you still remember Tim, and, and Tim and I are very different. But he was older than me, more experienced than me, more educated than me, and so for me it was like well, I need to become Tim. And ultimately, in the restroom there, we had a conversation that went like this. How about you do what God has gifted you to do and made you to do, and and I do what God has gifted me to do and made me to do, and we not try to be each other? Translate that across this room to every person listening, folks over in North. If you would simply ask yourself, what has God made me to do? What role has he given me? It was unique to Abraham. Abram, ha, caught myself. We we, we often can't get there until we stop comparing ourselves with the gifts and roles that other people got. Romans says it this way. For just as we have many members in one body so there's an example here. Many members in one body, right? Feet, knees, head, shoulders, knees and toes. Uh, Just as we have many members in one body and uh, that's not our closing song by the way. And all the members do not have the same function so we who are many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. So we are, we are, if we've been chosen as friends, we are one body, but all members do not have the same function. He goes on, since we have gifts that differ. See, the beauty of the body of Christ is that we're unique. Gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Each of us is to exercise them accordingly. What's that mean? To to exercise them according to what we have, not what we don't have. If prophecy, now he goes and makes a list. If prophecy according to the proportions of his faith If service in his serving, or he teaches in his teaching, or exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. You capture it? What's he saying? That across the body, there are unique gifts. God's friends, some are apostles and some are artists. Some are evangelists and some are encouragers, and some are prayers and some are pastors, and some are teachers and some are leaders, and some are administrators and some are musicians, and some are helpers and some are healers, and some are givers and some are discerners, and some are craftsmen and some are counselors. Now, who watching today is all of these? No one. But every friend of God who's been chosen by him and not only blessed by him, but uniquely gifted by him, every friend has at least one of these. For what purpose? For the building up of the body, he says, there are varieties of gifts the same spirit and there are varieties of ministries Do you understand Uh, there's all sorts of gifts we just listed some of them that wasn't by the way that wasn't meant to be all of them there's a variety of gifts but you know there's a variety of ministries there might be seven people in here say i'm gifted by god in administration and you could each work in different ministries Teachers, children, youth, adults, leaders, children, youth, adults, big groups, small groups. See, there's a variety of gifts, and there's variety of ministries. Same Lord. in other words, it always comes back to one. We're individual, but we're part of one. There are varieties of effects. What's that mean? That means some people are more impactful than others. Did you hear that? Some people have more impact than others. Not fair. Everybody should get the same size trophy. <laughs> it's kind of the way we feel. And when we see other people with greater impact, we go, "But oh God, that's not right. I, I'm not making fun. I'm saying, I know what... Can come out of my heart. But he gives variety of gifts, variety of ministries, and variety of effects. It's pretty wide. Abraham Abram got global effect. Some get national effect. Others get community effect. Others get household effect. Who's it up to? The one who chose us. See, he chose me and he blessed us all equally, but then he gifted us differently did you hear the distinction there very important distinction he blessed us all equally with forgiveness with the spirit with peace joy and hope but he gifted us differently and he's going to use us differently and the impact through us is going to be different what's the key Your choice, Lord. I will not demand to be used in a particular way, in a particular ministry, to a particular effect. You see, if if I'm not going to serve unless I have this much impact, I've lost my way that it's His choosing and not mine, it's His decision to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good in other words god's gifting unique as it is it brings a responsibility and a privilege to serve in other words in the same way that we're not blessed simply to be blessed we're blessed in order to what be a blessing We're not just gifted to be gifted. We're gifted in order to participate in the building up of the body of Christ in depth and in breadth. We are gifted with the responsibility and privilege to serve. Peter writes, each one has received a special gift. Employ it in serving one another as good stewards of what? What? The manifold grace of God. What's it come back to again? It comes back to the greatness of God's grace expressed in my life. It's a unique expression of grace in my life and how he has gifted me. And where he places me and how he chooses to use me. It's a unique expression manifestation of grace and how he's gifted you and where he wants to use you and how impactful he's going to make you. We are stewarding it. So if we're going to steward it, if we're going to put it to work, give it a job, you got to begin by asking yourself, do I know, do I know who God has made me to be? Do you know? And by the way, this isn't exhaustive. This is just some examples of gifts that make a body flourish. But do you know who God has made you to be? We are in the service here in South is our children's minister, Becky Conover. She served under our previous children's minister, Joni Alexander, for years. And when we hired Joni back in the late 90s, it was an interview with the elders, and one of our elders said to Joni in the interview, Joni, did did God make you to do this? And she, she, for so long after that, would say, "Ah." I don't know, that's like a really big question. Did God make me to do it? Uh, I'd like to do it, and I think I'm good at it. I don't know, did God make me to do it? She couldn't answer. She said, uh, I'd like to do the job. (laughs) A couple years later, I'm walking in the staff hallway, and she says, Doug, come in here. You remember when Frost asked me that question? I now know God made me to do this. And here's, that's not like, oh, well, Joni, awesome. My point is, when she was brand new free to be able to go, (laughs) It's not arrogant to say, God has gifted me. It's not arrogant to say that God has made me good at this. It's humility to say it was his choosing and this is how he's gifted me. And it's stewardship, watch. It's stewardship to acknowledge it. And then she was free to go, this is what God has made me to do. Pedal to the metal. Again. That's the story that God intends for you. For you to be able to go, I know who God has made me to be. And I'm content with his choosing. And I'm going to employ it. Not not mean I'm going to go, I have to get paid for it. In other words, I'm going to use it to serve, to build up believers, to reach the lost. Whatever you're gifting, that you're going to use it, whether it's with children or with youth or with adults, whether it's inside the walls of this church or outside the walls of this church. It is, God has uniquely made me. And I want to encourage you, friends. it's an incredible privilege to be gifted by God to be a co-laborer with him to get to be able to live for something that will last forever and not to waste my life in trying to make a name for myself or trying to be somebody I'm not or build my own kingdom don't waste it because we can move in and out of it uh, I know folks who were very clear who God had made them and they were serving and then they just kind of lost their way. They got discouraged or frustrated and they stopped. If that's you, re-engage. But listen, re-engage because of God's grace in your life. Not as some Duty that you're supposed to do. Reengage because God has blessed you and God has gifted you, and nobody can do what you can do because God, I know this sounds cheesy, because God made you, you. And God chose you to do what you are intended to do. What a privilege. It's not what he chose Abram to do. It's what he chose you to do. And he always, in his abundant grace, gives us everything we need. So, can I encourage you? When you walk out these doors or when you turn off today, let your focus be on the blessing. Let your focus be on how great God is. Let your focus be on how richly he has blessed you and the abundant grace of God in your life. In other words, walk out with the inflow valve on full. And then the overflow. Blessing others and serving others because we are grateful and thankful and humbled by God's amazing grace and His choosing and gifting and using of me. What a great God! What a great God we have. So, I I want us to, I'm going to invite Matt and the band up. Usually, when we often, I should say, when we sing a, a response song, it's, it's something about what we're going to do. You know what this resp- response song is about? Who God is and how great He is. Because more convinced than ever, we'll bless when we remember how we've been blessed. We'll serve when we remember God's grace in our lives. So I want to invite you to stand with me. And let me, before we sing corporately together, I want to invite you. Would you, there where you're standing or where, you're, where you are at home, would you, just pause and think of a half dozen ways God has blessed you, and don't just think materially or even relationally right now. What is it that when we went through that list of forgiveness, or indwelt by the Spirit, or hope, or peace? Which of those blessings just makes your heart sing right now that that you are renewed? God, thank you. Thank you for that gift. Thank you for the gift of prayer. Thank you that you give direction. Thank you that you give wisdom. Thank you that I've been set free. And if you know how God has gifted you, Would you right now there uh, just say the Lord, thanks for making me a, a helper. Thanks for making me a leader. Thanks for making me a discerner, for making me a counselor. Thanks for making me an administrator. Would you thank him for how he's gifted you? If you're not sure, I invite you to say, Lord, I'm not sure I know, and I want to know I, know. I believe you have, I just don't know what it is. Let's turn our attention to our great and generous and good God and celebrate his blessing and his grace in our lives together. Let's declare it. Why do you have life? Because God gave it to you. Why is it that you have forgiveness? Because God gave it to you. Why is it that you have gifts and talents? Because God gave them to you. The most important thought you ever think is the thoughts you have about God. And He is gracious and he is generous, and he is good. And so, upon his blessing, we get to bless. Would you go bless? Not because you should, because you've been blessed. Would you genuinely go bless to the glory of God? If you want to hang for Q&A time over north, you can come this way. We'll take about a 60-second break probably more like 120 seconds, and then we'll get started with the Q&A. I know lots of you are like, uh, I came here to see people and talk to people, and not to listen to you anymore, so if you want to visit, I totally get that. Please do it outside. How about that? <laughs> so we can start. All right, thanks. God bless. <coughs>